Hello, everybody. Welcome to Medics Mind the Podcast. Thank you very much for coming by. Sincerely appreciate it. Uh, it's been a busy few days for me, uh, both with respect to uh, you know physical engagements, um, such as the high school uh, thing that I told you guys about in the last episode. I uh, went and spoke at the Aurelia Senior Secondary School. Um, pretty cool event. Uh, definitely, definitely piqued my interest in doing more things like that. The students were really engaging and uh, they had a lot of really great feedback and questions. And, um, you know, I even had one student come up to me and, and uh, explain how much my story had impacted uh, impacted her personally. And that's a really humbling uh, thing when you can reach an audience that really doesn't care about what you have to say. You know what I mean by that is it was early in the morning. Why would they want to listen to a complete stranger drone on about something? Um, so to have somebody come up and say, hey, you impacted me, that is worth its weight in gold and then some. So a great event. It was really cool. I'm really glad that Winter Tickle Press and Brainstorm uh, Revolution uh, invited me to uh, to be uh, an ambassador uh, for that. Uh, really, really cool. Um, and busy with, uh, you know, with therapy. Um, lots of stuff going on. I mean, the Starker's anniversary uh, was on the on the sixth, and uh, that's what this blog, or the this podcast is about. I have a blog read for you of a story that I wrote about Starker, and um, uh, it's a few days late. Um, but you know, I, I couldn't rush myself in doing this. Uh, I had to be mentally ready to to read the story as well as uh, doing the creative elements to it that I wanted to to try and do it justice uh, with respect to telling uh, telling a story about a man that I really greatly admire. So uh, my apologies that it didn't come out on the day of, but I don't think there's any day prior or post um, the anniversary of when he was taken from us that uh, is a bad day to talk about him. So, um, you know, this will, uh, anyone who listens to this, this will help him live for just a little bit longer because they're going to hear of him through story. And uh, and that's that's all I can hope for at this point. Um, and then next week we have uh, two big things. One, one an exciting thing for me. I'm speaking at a CAMH mental health um, uh, function in downtown Toronto. Um, I'm, uh, I'm one of the speakers there, so that's pretty cool. And uh, the, the other is uh, not so celebratory, uh, Mother's Day. For those of you that do know, uh, my mother is, is gone and uh, thusly the celebratory nature of that day is taken uh, out of out of it. Um, so I'm kind of dealing with some stuff there. And then obviously therapy um, has been pretty heavy, uh, a little bit arduous. And, uh, you know, the the con- the topics of what we're discussing cause, cause me to, to have a lot of introspective time post-therapy sessions and uh you know, they're not uh, unweighted thoughts by any means. You know, there's not a buoyancy to them. There's lead to them. And uh, yeah, so it's been busy. I apologize. It's been a few days uh, since I've been on here, but, um, you know, I felt like I could probably do it tonight and I, I felt motivated to get on here and uh, and orate a bit. So I'm not going to drove on for too long. Um, this is called Burden of Blessing. Uh, I wrote this a few days ago and it's about my uh, my friend Starker somebody that I served in the military with, uh, and somebody who is a, a really, um, you know, really powerful figure in, uh, in Canada, uh, with respect to what he has done for the country. And, um, unfortunately he was killed, uh, in Afghanistan in May, uh, of 2008. And, uh, I was, uh, subsequently put on the funeral detail and, um, you know, this story kind of, uh, details and chronicles some of that. So, 
I'm going to get into it. It's uh, called Burden of Blessing, and it's coming up next. In my dream, I am helpless against it. No matter how hard I try, the pull of a flawlessly pained memory is set too deep. I am doomed to relive, revisit, and re-experience all of it. And that's what I do. My pleas of protest fall silent, just as they had on that day too. The dream is not ghost-like. It is vivid and real, as real as anything that has ever been. And as the days of the calendar fall, we inch closer to that abhorrent day in May. The dreams grow more intrusive and unforgiving. Last night I woke, crying in my bed. My breathing was rapid and untamed. Most of me knew that I was home and in bed, but there remained a wounded sect of me that stood graveside on a warm day in spring, watching as the detritus of a fallen loved one was lowered into the mouth of the earth, swallowed whole and removed forever, digested into the ether of the unknown and unseen. But before we allowed the cruel world to feast on our brother, we removed the sullen flag of our nation and handed it to a now grieving widow, her husband, our brother, and a country's hero, was dead. I removed myself from the sweat-stricken sheets of my restless place and took up residency on the couch. Thoughts of that day continued to pour into the forefront of mind. I remembered the day that I stood woven in the fabric of uniform. I was in a large hall surrounded by other uniforms of varying rank and experience. Outside the walls of this vapid backdrop were hordes of news vans and cameras. I hated them. I loathed them for reveling in my brother's departure. To them, he was a headline. To me, he was family. A man of austere presence and unmistakable humor. And outside of hating them, the peering inquisitive, I think what I hated more were the orders that had been handed down a few short hours ago. We had originally been given the choice to stay back from the viewing of our fallen brother. We were told that we didn't have to go and see him. I took that generous option. However, some officer in some place far away whom decided that he or she was too important to come demanded by way of orders that we must attend the viewing, that we must gape upon our deceased brethren. So, there I stood, in a large hall with the focal point being an open casket in the center of the room. Dressed in uniform, standing in line, waiting my turn to look inside the dark oak and satin-lined tomb where my brother lay. Hidden away within the center of my being, my heart banged like an out-of-tune drum. Each step I took that brought me closer to the remains ignited a fury of wallops against my ribs. It got so bad that I could hear it in my ears. I began to feel a simmer of heat burn from behind my eyes. I was devolving. The civilian in me wanted to break down and mourn the loss of this great man, to lament against the reality of it all. The stoicism of soldier held firm, though. I did not break. I did not cry. Yet. When the airman in front of me removed himself from view after his turn at the side of the casket, it was now my burden to step closer. And I did. I was now in full view of what once was my brother. Confusion and denial bit deeper into my flesh. 
I was confronted by an image that looked nothing like the man I once knew, and yet it was undeniably the very same person. He too was dressed in his army greens, medals pinned to his chest. His collar was pulled too high though, it rested just beneath his chin. Out of instinct and training, I wanted to reach in and square him away, but I couldn't, because this was not done by mistake nor oversight. He was already squared away, dressed the way he had to be. This further cemented that my brother was gone. I felt the civilian inside poke against my eyes once more, and once more, I demanded his reticence. When I had had enough of gazing at the remains of a slain hero, I removed my stare and stepped to the side. My obligation was not yet finished, though. Now in view was an angelic woman with blonde hair and a beauty saturated by sadness. His wife. My brother's wife. The blonde widow. Knock, knock, said my heart, continuing to thunder from within. On May 6th of 2008, Corporal Michael Starker was killed far from home in a land of sand and stone. A desiccated place. Hell on earth, if you ask me. The stealer of men. A few short days later, Starker would return home, draped beneath the embrace of our nation's red and white. Starker would be laid to rest in the heart of a city, Calgary, a place where he worked as a paramedic, a place where many are left alive and standing by his own hand. Starker was by way of definition a hero, but you would never hear that utterance spoken from his own lips. You may hear a curse word or two, but for certain, no self-aggrandizement. Later in that day, the day of infamy where I was demanded to stare at a man masquerading as my friend, we went to the pub. Me and a few other soldiers that knew Starker sat atop of a wobbly round top, drinking pitcher after pitcher, surrounded by muggles, the blissfully unaware. Civilians. After a few knockbacks of Amber Hue, Private Bloggin stood up and boisterously called for a hush to the room. A wash of apprehension and obfuscation painted the faces of the now silent and watchful. Bloggins began to explain what a lost Canada had just suffered. He spoke of Starker and who he was. His voice broke once or twice within the weighted tongue of somber word, but he was able to keep it together for long enough to call for everyone to raise a glass and praise a man who was painfully absent from the room. They obliged. We drank well into the night. Come morning, not only was I kicked from my bed by a remorseless hangover, but also slapped by a lingering reality that the night previous was not just a bad dream. Starker really was gone. Still is. I would like to tell you that each passing year gets easier. It doesn't. Pain like this does not ever really go away. You just sort of learn how to manage it with each waking moment. It's like an invisible scar. The pain may not be present in the now, but you remember it just fine. Starker was a good man. Stern, north, strong and free. Make no mistake, we live free because of men like him. And men like him are a damn rare breed. I am beyond humble to have shared ranks, uniform and profession with a man like that. 
The first man I ever met in my life was a man who beat me, hurt me, a man who tore my family apart, a man whose name was Father. That was my introduction to man. Meeting men like Starker showed me that there were real men out there, men who stood against all the things that go bump in the night. Starker was the thing that shadows were afraid of. That man died fighting, and I will fight every day, every year, and every anniversary to tell the world about him. I will stand on a wobbly bar stool and demand silence. I will then tell the story of my burden and my blessing. Starker, I will remember you. Until Valhalla, dear brother. See you someday.